0: before we begin we'd like to stress that Info Booth Ladies is an unofficial podcast. All views expressed are our own and we do not speak on behalf of the Minnesota State Fair. And now on with the fun.
1: Info Booth
0: Ladies. You betcha. Hello, and welcome to Info Booth, ladies, a behind the scenes podcast about the Minnesota State Fair. We're your hosts. I'm Kristen. I'm Kathy. And I'm Margie. Our guest on the show today is Jim Keenan, a fourth generation member of the family who started the Ye Old Mill. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> welcome. This should be fun.
0: Yes. Okay. So we can't wait to hear all about um, your experience with the Yield Mill. But first, maybe for listeners who might not be familiar, what is the Yield Mill ride?
2: It is the longest operating tunnel of love in the nation. Wow.
0: Um, In the
1: nation. Yeah.
2: It was built in 19, started in 1913. First fair was 1915. Okay. And it's, it's what's called a dark tunnel ride in, in like amusement, enthusiast vocabulary. (laughs) And so it's basically a tunnel of love. Uh, Originally, it it wasn't covered. Um, I think that happened a year or two into it. Um, And then, uh, yeah, you go. So it was
0: more of an open air ride? Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah, So it's, uh, you know, lovers go on there and smooch, and little kids go on there and goof around, and teenagers go on there and do whatever teenagers do.
1: So is it a boat ride? It
2: is a boat ride. So and it's, how it, many
1: people are in
0: a boat at a four, time? Four
2: four people in a boat at a time. I think now that the state fair actually owns it, they do six in a boat.
0: So let's back up and, and talk about your family. Okay. Um so you mentioned your so who started the ride?
2: My great grandfather.
0: Your great grandfather. What was his name?
2: James Edward Keenan. Okay. That's my name's Wow. Aww. Yeah. So he built um at one point my family had um yield mills in Minnesota, Iowa, Kansas oklahoma and louisiana
0: oh my gosh holy cow yeah
2: and so louisiana i'm not exactly sure how that one came to a demise uh in oklahoma they changed the fairgrounds they they moved it Mm. and they just didn't build a new old mill at that time it's 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 you know it's pretty remarkable that a a progressive fair such as minnesota's kept a ride Mm -hmm. you know there were I I remember in like, when I was in high school thinking, this is the dumbest ride ever. (laughs) Like, why do they keep it? You know, like, what is, what is its purpose? And as I grew older, I understood that. So yeah, my great grandfather built that. um, And he built it alongside uh, with a company called the Philadelphia Toboggan Company. Oh, sure. Which makes rides and manufactured parts of it. Still, still a company. Uh, When we turned a hundred, I got a hold of their historian. It was so old, they didn't have records of it. Wow, He had no idea what it was. And so he flew out from Philly, um, oh, about two or three days before the fair opened. And I when he walked in, he's looking around and he's like, so what's original? I'm like, e- everything you see. Oh. And he's like, all of this. I said, yeah. And he goes, well, what are you powering it with? I said, the motor. It's in the back. It's the original motor. It was dated 1898. Wow. Out. No, uh-uh. it was super cool. That's
1: amazing. Yeah, so
2: that's that's kind of what my dad's side of the family did. So they had roller coasters, uh, merry-go-rounds, and then the, the roller coasters that they did, they were famous for doing one of the first roller coasters to be on a dry track but go through water oh. at some point. Oh, yeah, so yeah. there was kind of like a flume right. uh, okay. in similarities. Um, when my aunt passed away, um, we you know found some more photos and things like that, and there was a photo of my great Great, 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 or great aunt Mary, and here she is on the top of a roller coaster in <laughs> like nineteen, you know, ten type gear, you know, wow. dress and whatnot, yeah. tool belt, just <laughs> going to town, helping to build this roller coaster. <laughs> no, so the no, roller no. coasters we had were very similar to the white roller coaster at Valley Fair. Yep. Oh, so yeah. wooden yep. construction. An old Excelsior roller coaster. Yeah. I think they had one of the first ones that had dueling tracks. Hmm. Um So yep, and then they did vaudeville theaters before that, um, and they were just kind of in that entertainment carnival act. You are a true carny. (laughs) I got all my teeth. No offense to any carny out there, but I'm just saying. Yeah, so going back to your original question, my mom and dad met in uh, uh, Oklahoma, and and uh, you know where high school. I think they met in junior and high school and got married right after like you did back then. And, yeah. um, they moved up here primarily for the Minnesota state fair. Hmm. Um, and my dad, uh, at that time also had the Iowa, uh, yield mill. And in 72 or 73, Um, they overlapped by three days, the two fairs. So my dad was driving back and forth towards the end of one fair and at the beginning (sighs) of another one and, you know, had, had that infamous road scare where you kind of fall asleep and hit the gravel a little bit and nothing bad happens, but your heart goes, Holy Hannah, don't do that again. And I think at that point, you know, my youngest brother was born and, you know, four boys and it didn't make sense. So he sold that one to the Iowa fair, Mm. um, I, I believe in 73, or 74 something like that Mm -hmm. so we just had this one and um you know our so our our world kind of revolved around the yield mill and my dad worked in convenience stores for for pdq food stores for 33 years and uh, my mom was stay at home uh warrior uh (laughs) raising four boys and and uh uh grew up in apple valley Mm -hmm. you know just a small town back then it was anyways and so every summer we would you know as, as soon as you could drive, you were going down to the old mill every day to <laughs> fix it and there was a guy that worked for my grandfather and then my dad, and then he taught me and my brother, my older brother, you know just how to fix it his name was Wayne murray uh he's just you he, i i my grandparents didn't live in state, and I would say Wayne was you know kind of like a grandfatherish figure mm-hmm. uh world war II vet welder you know the kind of guy that would you know slice his finger and go well. Yeah, it's okay. Duct tape. You
1: know,
2: um, I actually saw Wayne put a, a drill bit through his boot and into oh, oh. his foot. He hit reverse, backed it out, took his boot off, put alcohol wipes on, kind of in the whole area, and taped it. And put a sock oh, and boot back on. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm, And I'm not making that up. That's wow. a that true story. Uh, and he never, you know, he, he was awesome. He just never missed a day of work. And he taught us everything we needed to know. He was that kind of guy that didn't do it for you. But you're looking at something that's, you know, 90 years old and yeah. it's broke. And he'd be like, all right, we've got to fix it. And we're like, okay.
1: <laughs> what Want do me to we hold do? the flashlight? I mean, that was a good role for me to hold the flashlight. <laughs> and he
2: would always ask questions like, well, how do you think they made it? What do you think they did? Mm. And ah. if you take it about, you know, if you took something apart, you always kind of had to remember what you did so you could put it back together. Yeah. And if you forgot, Wayne knew how to do it.
1: Mm. Yeah, there he, weren't any instruction manuals for something no, 90 years old, no, 1998 <laughs> motor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a
2: 40 horse electric motor. It, it stood ah. about up to my waist. It was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, Wayne, Wayne taught us everything we need to know. And, um, you know, back then, our, um, Our chain was cast iron and the chain that what I mean by is the the, the rack that would bring the boats up and out of the water. Mm -hmm. Heavy, heavy, heavy. I
0: was going to say very heavy. And
2: so we would take that chain apart in three sections and um, change every cotter pin, every roller, check everything because it's just gliding for 12 days on metal and it would wear down.
1: Hmm.
2: And it wasn't until I was, I think I was married when we finally updated a new chain and that was because we couldn't get it anymore and you couldn't get (laughs) sprockets to fit it to run it
1: my gosh
2: and people ask like how did your grandfather design that like you know how did he know yeah it's basically a manure spreader
1: (gasps) oh (laughs) yeah really that makes sense that makes sense
2: one of my favorite things about the fair was just standing on our blue fence you know because i didn't have to do anything unless a boat sank and um
1: (laughs) (laughs) so
2: and you'd get these older gentlemen up you know farmers that you know coming up and you know back in the day they would come up go to machinery hill and talk shop and buy their stuff and get their seed and their tractors and it was a shopping mall for them Mm -hmm. and i loved when they would come down and and you could always tell the guys that were really looking at it that were like (laughs) not just looking but like how what is this? And I'd go up and talk to them. And I love this, the, their response when I'd say this, do you want to see the motor? And they'd be like, can I?
1: <laughs> and I? And
2: I'd walk them back and, you know, over the steps and into the back room and walk back and
1: the hollowed ground. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> and these
2: guys, I remember one guy, you know, he's got just coveralls on and he he was from uh, La Suer, Le Center, Southern Minnesota, corn farmer. And he looked and he was like, Oh my Lord. And he was, I mean, it was just like,
1: Oh,
2: you know, and, and, uh, he was the guy that I showed him. I would, while I was running, I'd open up the box where the guy sat and ran the clutches and I'd show these old guys cause I loved it. And mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, that's a friction clutch system. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, manure spreader. <laughs> And I'm like, what? He goes, yep. And he stood there and he showed me and he and he explained how on a manure spreader, our our racks were attached on two sides so they stayed parallel. On a manure spreader, they'd just come through the, and they'd whip. Oh the boards gosh. weren't attached on the far end. So when they'd come around the track, they'd whip and throw. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I said, you know, depending on when you come to the old mill, we still kind of do that. <laughs> you, know, you get a boat full of people that are kind of like, oh, you people. You just kind of wish that, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's when I, when I, when I learned that. And, and then it kind of made sense to me. You know, he really, he was the, uh, you know, next to Wayne. Uh, Wayne never told me it was a manure spread. And so I don't know if he knew that. Mm. Um, he passed away when I was a freshman in college, mm, uh, two okay. days before St. Patty's Day, which is really fitting for a good Irishman. <laughs>
1: um,
2: and, uh, but when this guy explained it to me, and, and then he was explaining how to run the plates, he's like, like, don't ease into it. Like, but don't jerk it. And I'm like, OK, OK, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he was. I remember that guy. I don't know his name or anything like mm-hmm. that. He he came back once or twice. But
0: did Wayne, was he based here or did he travel? Yeah, he lived
2: in Minneapolis. He did.
0: Yeah. What yeah. did he do? The rest of his He
2: was a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, he, after World War Two, he was a welder for a long time. And uh, he worked in he was like a machinist, that guy that could take apart a motor and mm-hmm. put it back together. And, mm-hmm. you know, you need something welded. Yeah, I can build that you know, fixed. Yeah, he was he was that guy.
1: Those are far and few between now, those type of people. It's a lost art. Yeah, Yeah. It's
2: a lost art. Yeah, don't even get me started.
1: So how old were you when you actually started working for your folks?
2: um, I was about 14. Um, When we were little kids, we weren't really allowed to come to the fair. My mom and dad would hire Robin, who was a, a girl that lived a couple down the block, maybe 10 years our senior and Robin would come, and she was—I just remember Robin was beautiful. She, she, she looked just just like Marsha Brady, you know. And when I'm you're, sure, you're, Marcia, you're Marcia. yeah, when you're like when you're like nine, ten, eleven years old, and what are you looking forward to the fair, Jim? Robin,
1: <laughs>
2: going to be here. Um, so it, so we would we would be at home because my mom would sell tickets, okay. and my dad worked it. Hmm. And my mom would drive back and forth. She'd leave, you know, at seven in the morning and my dad would sleep there. Okay. Wow. And uh, so when I was about, we would get to go one day to the fair. And when we were little, my mom would write on a big yellow piece of paper with what I'm only imagining is a Sharpie marker of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm past this block or this block and she would put the coordinates, you know, what street, which basically I could go to Playland Arcade mm-hmm. on the corner mm-hmm. and I could go, um, as far as the onion rings on the food building okay. or in the food building. But if we were past that, it said she'd, she'd pin this to our back. If I'm past this or this, <laughs> please return me to the yield mill. Oh so we didn't get real far because we knew That's it. That's not much territory. No, it's a block, block and a half. And, and, in, and, in, you know, if you put a dog in a small area and all they can run is like a four foot square, even though if you open the area, they're running a four foot square as a grown person. My wife would get so upset with me because she's the St. Paul girl. Yeah. They come to the fair. They want to see the fair. Steph's like, Do you want to go see the fair? And I'm like, "And go down to that stop sign. <laughs> you know, which was totally normal for me. And she'd be like, are you serious? I'm like, "Why?" oh God, she would get so irritated with me. <laughs> So I started working, um, we, when, when I was about 14, I started going down in the summers with my brother cause he was three years older and he was driving at that point. Okay. So about, uh, yeah, I think it was like maybe the summer before ninth grade. And then when I got my license, um, John had done finished, you know, his kind of tenure. And then it was me in, in Wayne, um, during high school through, uh, you know, my freshman year of college when he passed mm-hmm. and then I did it every summer. Okay. Um, and then when my boys got old enough, uh, my oldest boy, he, he, he had, he'd come to the fair. He had no boundaries. He'd walk blocks. Uh, he got his, got his mother's jeans for the fair. Um, but my youngest one really, uh, uh enjoyed it. So he would come out every day with me. So he was fifth generation. And then, um, when my, my nephew got of age, my, my brother would fly him up from Arizona and Riley would spend two or three weeks working on, on boats and stuff. Great. Yeah. So it it was, (laughs) it was super fun. So when we sold it, I had done 38 fairs.
1: Holy cow. So some people call
2: that retirement. (laughs) My dad had done like 57 or 58. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow! Yeah. 38 summers. Um, and we would, I had a list that was probably three, two columns, three or four pages of yellow pad long, that that we developed over the years of what we needed to do
1: as preparation yep. for the fair. And
2: they were in kind of a particular order. You know what to do first. Mm-hmm. You know how to get ready to get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, then what to do during the summer, and then how to get ready for the fair. And then I had a separate list. It took me what. Four months to get ready for the fair, and I could close okay. that thing down in ninety minutes at the end of the fair. Really? Yeah, one hundred percent. How many people helping? Uh, just not many. Get out of my way, kind of really? thing. Yeah, you want to get home? Yeah.
1: yeah. And and,
2: and uh, my brother and I we we kept weird stats at the fair, so we would time ourselves <laughs> on close down and you know who could do it the fastest. Um, I, I he'll argue this, but I I definitely was faster. <laughs> Um, I would, so, so on close down, you know, I would start prepping our night crew who worked the whole fair. So we would hire, going back to that, we would hire four guys for four people in the morning, one person that worked noon to eight and then four in the evening and then two ticket sellers. And then my three brothers would come from wherever they were living at the time. Um, for the most part, they'd get there at least nine or 10 days of the fair. Um, and, uh, my wife sold tickets. Uh, like I said, my younger son worked, and then we had an old camper, a nineteen sixty seven pop up, that we <laughs> used for twelve days in the in the in the back of the fair. So my two boys, rather than you know have them not there during the fair, they grew up on you know they thought they owned it. So
0: <laughs> so fun, I know, right? Oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> and
2: and it's it's you know when we didn't have it in twenty eighteen, the first year we went, Whelan's like man kind of sucks having nowhere to go and sit down because you know we'd have (laughs) a whole backyard and it was quiet back there like uh, abnormally quiet like the fair disappeared and uh you know we we always had water and a place for the police officers to come and sit and we my dad built this hook system that they could take their vests off in that heat and and you know yeah
0: walk us through like the details of the inside of it
2: okay so uh the tunnel it is is a cement u-shaped tunnel Mm -hmm. um and then it the the top part of it it's all shiplap for the most part so when they built that it was 12 inch tongue and groove shiplap wow i mean could you imagine the cost of that tunnel today it'd be (laughs) astronomical (laughs) so and then and then the top is just you know two by four rafters and it's a flat roof that's kind of gently slanted at any given point for water. Mm. And then there's four scene houses that you see little vignettes of. Mm-hmm. And through the years uh, we had uh, well, back in the day, like everyone's like, oh, the elves and, you know, Tom and Jerry and the little those were um, the, the little elves, the little yellow elves that everybody really liked. Those were actually from a store window in a department store in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh. And my granddad. Pick them up and used them um, and they had the artist signature on the back and the store name I can't remember the name of the store and then um, we used them for the fair and then when they weren't when we were growing up when they weren't at the fair they hung on one of the my younger brother's bedroom walls for a long time <laughs> You
1: know, oh my God. well, practical. Yeah. I mean, use of
2: why, why, why have expenditures when you got oh decorations God. that are state fair quality? Um, oh and then, um, was
0: that traumatizing at all for him?
1: No, 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 no it was
2: super cool. And then, so we, we called them different things there was a the snow scene, the fire scene, and then number one and four. And so mm-hmm. snow scene and fire scene were, were painted like that in the backgrounds. And then, you know, we my dad covered over it. But I remember as a kid one year kind of running short on time. So my mom went to lit and paper. We didn't have time to paint the backgrounds and it was peeling like, oh. we're talking. <laughs> oh, no. Peeling paint. And my mom went to lit and paper and got all sorts of these like paper things that you'd fold and be like a sunflower. You know, <laughs> And we're just stapling them all over. <laughs> Well, people loved them. They thought it was awesome. You know, it was so bright, so cheery. So that went on for years. We did, you know we don't we didn't have bathroom facilities at the old mill for for many years and then they allowed us to build one um, primarily for my mom to to be able to be out there mm-hmm. um, so we would go down to the hippodrome you know the coliseum I mm-hmm, sure. would well, we call it the hippodrome because that's the yeah mm-hmm. we still <laughs> feel it that way yeah <laughs> you know what I'm talking about but they have um, lockers locker rooms up there and stuff oh. and so that's where we would go and, and clean up so there you know you'd have guys from the midway um, and back there mm-hmm. back then it was Royal American shows so these oh, guys yeah. would travel yes. the country. And, and, you know, they'd come up 10 days before the fair and start building rides. Well, oh. we're pretty much done by that point getting ready. So I would go down and watch them. And hmm. I remember one year, it was super cool. They, this guy showed me how to do all the, game, the games he ran
0: oh.
1: so
2: I could win them. Oh. And he'd let me go down and, and he'd see me. Hey, you want to try right? You know, I'd win a big oh. stuff. You know, oh. I look now back and I'm You're like, he reader. used me. <laughs> God, I, I know I feel just poor. So that's why I kind of rip on him a little bit. No, I'm kidding. But back in the day when I worked there, uh, our boats were handcrafted. Um, I built them. Wow, and they wow. were built on the original specs of the boats back in the day, which are based on a Louisiana flat flatbed fishing boat uh, from the bayou. Um, There's actually a manufacturer that makes a boat that looks almost like ours, Hmm. um, but it's aluminum. So we, we could never use them. God, that would have saved me a lot of knuckle (laughs) (laughs) busting.
1: So how many boats do you think you made over the years?
2: Uh, I know that I've made uh, 12. Yeah. We would build the boats and and some people would ask, you know, why are some boats bigger and some are littler? So my, my father had them built in the early sixties by a bunch of carpenters. Who knew what they were doing
1: <laughs> and, and uh,
2: you know they were built out of uh, plywood and a hard oak so it's a it's a plywood shell and then around the sides there's two uh, on both sides two two by two inch runners of hard oak mm-hmm. and on the bottom there's two by fours and skids because there, some people will say well are you free floating and the answer is yes so you're hitting the wall and you know you take that heavy boat with four adults in it and it hits the wall for you 12 need a hard days wood on this yeah because yeah. it'll you know i'll, I'll have a three-inch bump bumper and by the end of the fair it'll be down to nothing Holy um, even sometimes wow. where it would get into the boat side and then i would have to repair you know wow. the next summer mm-hmm. so but they they the, i started building them in the 90s, in the first boat my brothers and I built, we had no blueprint. <laughs> and if you, if you remember the boats, they start, the back of the boat is 24 inches wide. It goes as wide as 36 and a quarter inches and then back down to 14 inches in the front.
1: Holy cow.
2: And then the back end is 19 inches high, and the front end is only 13 inches high. So it also goes up oh my goodness. in the middle of the boat or two-thirds way up the boat. So that's a lot of bending and twisting of wood. Sure. Yeah. Wow. We had, we're talking two Irish kids from Apple Valley, Minnesota that were not <laughs> trained in carpentry. So we're, we set a boat down, and we just start measuring and we and we're like how would they have done this? And my dad didn't remember because he lived in Oklahoma when the boats up here were being built. Mm. And gentlemen that knew my grandfather and kind of helped with operations were like, you know, craftsmen and welders and you know, they just did carpet. it. They they were just doing did it. Yeah. yeah, they did it. So we're measuring and trying to we had car jacks out there trying to stretch the wood. <laughs> I remember one time we got the, the wood pretty curved and we're like, oh my gosh, this is working. And it gave way and it snapped out and it, it hit me right across the chest and oh. it knocked me probably two feet back. <laughs> wow. Well, it looked funny apparently because everybody there started belly laughing, immediate response. And then it was like, Oh, my God, are you okay? <laughs> so I had, I had about a 12-inch red mark right across my, my uh, midsection for a while. But we figured it out. That boat took us almost two and a half weeks to build. And by the end of my tenure there, I could build a boat um, in a weekend. I wow. could start on Friday and be done on Monday. Wow. And uh, with some prep work.
1: So, uh, How often did the boats have to be replaced? Yeah, I was just gonna ask that.
2: Um, we built one boat a year for 11 years. Okay. And that's how I know I built 12 because then I built an additional one. Mm-hmm. And we found that the boats after about 10, 12 years, they're, they're kind of reaching their max uh, uh, years in, in the service, mm-hmm. you know, because the six, the ones built in the 60s, we used them for dang near 30 years. Wow. wow. But if you were ever at the fair back then, you also saw us dumping them, you know, about every two or three hours because they would leak. And you get water in the bottom. <laughs> oh, and then no. what would what happen is we'd bring the boat up, not put people in it. Four guys would take and push it over on its side. <laughs> the guy up there running the sticks yeah. could see in the boat. We'd wait until all the water ran out, drop the boat down, dry the seats off, put people in and they go.
1: Is there any, it's just the motion is just watered. There's no incline, you know. There
2: is there is a slight downhill. So the water level at mm. the start is about 14 inches. And at the, at the end, when you come out, it was about 36 inches. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And the paddle wheel. So underneath, um, if you remember, you could walk, uh, we, we would walk over stairs and disappear in the back room. Well, that floor that we would land on there, about two thirds of that was open underneath. And and that was all open water under there. And then okay. the paddle wheel would draw from that up a slight uh, kind of a, a an arced cement gully that that fit the paddle wheel. And then what you saw come out that generated all the power for those boats
0: wow I'm, I'm really not mechanically inclined so maybe you, <laughs> what you've said has already explained this but just stay with me mm-hmm. like so what propelled the boats was it just
2: the water just the just, current that you see push out
0: okay so there was like a paddle wheel that yeah. made the water paddle yes. yes. and that's where the guys so have you gears. not have
2: you not seen the ride have you not been on it
0: <laughs> i have but i'm telling you i'm very not mechanically okay. inclined yeah. I, mean, I can so picture every, the guy everything and the-
2: everything that that was operational even the clutches that you that the person running that was all generated from the paddle wheel, so from if if you can if you're looking straight onto the paddle wheel from from outside the ride, mm-hmm. there is one central staff shaft or back then now they've re they've retooled it with yep. with super high tech stuff. Um, but there was one shaft, it was a six and a half inch shaft that went from straight under that guy's butt all the way to the back wall to the to motor. And so the motor turned. There was a gear reduction box, which I have no idea what it did,
1: <laughs> but it was super important.
2: And then out of that came another shaft that was attached to a, a sprocket that was about four and a half feet big. Okay. And that sprocket went down to a little uh a smaller sprocket. And that that was the shaft that then went out underneath the bench. And then inside underneath that bench, that that middle sprocket was met by two gears on either side which then when you pulled the clutches that engaged those gears, which had chains that dropped down six feet underground, which then hooked to sprockets that were either on the pulling side of the side that brought you up. So you'd pull that lever that would engage that chain, and it would spin at the exact same rate as the paddle wheel. So everything moved at the same speed. And then you'd stop that one, and that rack would stop. You could pull this one, and it would move that rack and push it off. Yeah. So the rack coming out of the water was 14 feet long. The rack going in was about six and a half feet long. So you'd go off and go boom, boom, boom. There were metal bars that kind of right. kept the mm-hmm. boat from crunch, crunching on the bottom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you boom, 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 and off you go.
0: Did um, anyone in your family, your great-grandfather who started it, did they have any kind of patent on that at all? Or
2: um, I think the Philadelphia Toboggan Company did kind of, but it okay. was a manure spreader. I mean... <laughs> You know, I think some farm implement store probably had a stronger legal patent on it than we sure, did. Sure, sure. Um, but, you know, back back then it, that stuff wasn't real important, you know, and... Um, yeah, uh, right. There, it, every year we would have like park enthusiasts show up hmm. and we had one guy that would come every year. He was a... Uh, he was a history nut, but he would come dressed in like a 1930s bus driver costume.
1: Really? Yeah. And From, would, in, what was the reason for that?
2: Because he had a like a 1930s greyhound that he oh. would run a tour of of. Amusement wow. park, there's a whole group of amusement park enthusiasts and he would bring these people. And the one year they came, um, we didn't, you know, they wouldn't reach out to us or anything, but they, you know, they're all standing on the street on a you know Tuesday morning at nine 30 or whatever. And I'm like, you know, they're taking photos and they're, you can tell they're very excited to be in front of this ride. <laughs> and so I went out and started talking to him because I don't know if you've noticed, I, I enjoy talking about it. And, and I was like, do you guys want to see the back?
1: You know, it's you like Yeah, it was like really Wonka. I've
2: got a golden ticket. You know, it's like, what the heck? Yeah, so he started coming back year after year. So that was fun.
1: With more tours. Yeah, totally. That's
2: good by me. And then my dad would be like, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm putting him on the ride. He's like, There's, you know, twenty five of them. You're not charging them? No.
1: <laughs>
2: well, I mean, the, I said, I guarantee, Dad, every one of these guys is gonna come back again. Yeah. Every one of them will, yeah. you know, and having, you know, they might not pay two times, but you know what? They came a long way. And so sometimes my, my dad, um, would, would let the business part of things get in front of that. When mm-hmm. I was, when I was like in high school, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think he figured out how, um, I operate for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like doing things like, like if I was selling tickets, um, you always had, you know, the. The, the family that came that you could tell their budget was tight mm. but the fare was important mm-hmm. you know and 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 you'd see the the dad or mom or whomever you know they got the envelope for each kid and they're 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 doing money and whenever i saw that i was like you know what four go oh. and i would just lean back and the ticket taker right there we had the same ticket taker for like 30 years bernie <laughs> bernie is phenomenal um i just lean back and i'd like bernie four and you know, or however many, and he just let them walk on. Oh,
1: nice. that's so nice. Well,
2: but but you know what? That's that's super cool memories because then that person's yeah. gonna pay you. That's yeah. kind of how I operate in my world, though. So, They're
0: gonna remember that, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah that's you know, true. that's true. Let's have them come back and, and have a good yeah. time, make so. it
0: part of their tradition, totally. Yeah,
2: yeah. The, and you know, it's, it's I think that kind of stuff is super cool to do. Yeah. Uh, that's just that a guilt, that's a guilty pleasure on my part. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: I love that. Wow. Yeah. But Jim, how long did your folks keep working?
2: Uh they worked the 2017 fair. slept they did. there all 12 days. Wow. Yeah. And then uh for many years we had the same couple um as our last riders. And yeah. <laughs> the
1: last riders of the fair? Yeah. Yeah, and they would
2: come um Ocean was the gentleman's name and they would he would come and um, she, uh, she, God, i she's going to be so mad at me. I'm forgetting her name. Um, <laughs> she would, she worked at the spin art booth down okay. in front of the DNR. My yeah.
1: favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I love that.
2: Yeah, not only get a good head buzz, but a hell of a picture. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, they, they started coming up and in one year, um, somehow there was a Fadougal. Another group of people had asked my brother if they could be the last ride, and, oh. and he didn't.
1: Oh. At the
2: t- yeah, oh, yeah. No. Jimmy had to work some magic on that one.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
2: so we worked that out. But yeah, they were. Um, he called me uh, or by a Facebook got in touch with me after finding out we sold it yeah. and realizing they were the last riders under the Keenan family mm. um, uh, names. But yeah, that, that you know, meeting people at the fair was. So much fun, and then, mm-hmm. knowing that you would see certain people, certain families once a year, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and no matter you know how how crowded it would be, I just love the fact that people would make that effort to to put into their day at the fair. We got to stop at the old mill, mm-hmm. you know whether we knew them or not, you know um you know standing on that blue fence for 15 hours a day for 12 days you know you see kids show up and they'd be like what time mom and dad meeting us you know you know do we it's, have time that's to a run? Meeting spot. yeah the fair was the old mill was a definite meeting spot for a <laughs> lot of people
1: okay and, and you we, had those benches right so, yeah,
2: yeah oh the there. benches oh my god <laughs> my dad would steal those benches <laughs> They, they would start putting those, red ones. Yeah, they would start putting them out, you know, three, four days, you know, big time before prep day, and then my dad would go gather them.
0: And, oh, you mean like state fair benches? Yeah, because yeah.
2: we they would originally put out like two on our block, one two, and then we would go and around the corner and places and get them so that we'd have that big. And now with the new setup, you can't sit in front of the old mill, um, the way that they oh, really? redid the walkway. Yeah. Oh. Um, meeting Jimmy Jam was fun. My mom <laughs> talks about Sonny and Cher riding on it back oh, yeah, in the day. Really? Yeah. Um, Jimmy Jam was great because I just started dating my wife. I knew her in high school. We were kind of smitten on one another, but we weren't dating. And, and I like Grateful Dead and hippie music, as she would say. And uh, she was Janet Jackson in that, that whole thing. And so Jimmy Jam's walking down the street one morning with his now wife, Lisa. And my brother's like, that's Jimmy Jam. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> And he, he's like, he's like the, the best record producer in the land right now. That's crazy. So I go up to him and I said, uh, hey, Mr. Jim Jam. Hey, hey, I was like, my wife really loves Janet Jackson. Is there any way I could get an autograph? And he turns to me and he goes, no. I said, okay. And I went back to the old mill and I'm standing on my blue fence perch. And uh, about 10 minutes later, his girlfriend, Lisa, comes up and she's like, um, Jimmy wants to know if 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 you're part of the family that owns this. And I said, I am. And she's like, oh, I said, oh, he, this is his favorite. This is why we come to the fair. And I wanted to say, well, he can't ride. <laughs> um, and I said, and she goes, he's feeling horrible about how he treated you. So what's your girlfriend's name? And so um, I got a picture he wrote and Terry Lewis signed it too, and it was to Stephanie and da, 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 from <laughs> Jimmy Jam. And then he came every year. Oh and gosh. he'd bring like Kevin Garnett the very first year he got drafted. Wow. Wow. He sat in the back seat of the boat and put his legs over the middle seat. <laughs> wow. He was the biggest human yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. I think he also brought Janet Jackson he there. He did. Yeah, because I saw her go down the giant slide. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Really? So the, yeah. here's the story yeah, on that. I saw her go yeah. down the giant slide. Yeah. So that was
2: a Saturday night. And. T- a couple days before that he was there and we my brother said to him why don't you bring somebody famous like you're good but come on man you never bring anybody. and we're just razzing him because he would come every year we'd give him a t-shirt ah. and hat, uh so we're standing in the back of the ride and he's laughing ha. Uh, and so saturday all of a sudden my brother comes over to me jeremy and he's a lot like joey from friends and he comes over to me and he's like jim you got to see this, this girl over here looks just like Michael Jackson, like identical. I'm like, seriously? And so I go walking over and she's from here to you, me away. And she's just standing there, Her one of her dancers is next to him and her husband, Al DeBarge, I think at the time or yeah. whoever that guy was, is right there with him. And I look at him and I see just behind him, there's Jimmy Jam standing there. And I look at Jeremy and I'm like, Jeremy, that's Janet Jackson, look behind him. There's Jimmy, tips his hat. <laughs> And so, you know, she's got a, a, she had a leopard skin fur coat on. Her hair was real big and kind of, kind of waxy, curly, cute as cute could be. Mm -hmm. So we're, you know, and Jimmy's like, we go? And we're like, yeah. So we bring him in the exit and we put it, they took up two boats for their, their thing. And Janet's in the first boat in the middle with her, um, her dancer, girlfriend, her husband's in the back. The second boat was Jimmy, the security guy. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who the other guy was, just a guy. And so uh, they go in the boat. Now we got four minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So our, we had our own police officer back in the day. And, and Delroy was, um, let's just say, a little adrenaline boost. And so he starts bopping around. And the word is getting out that Janet Jackson is in our ride. And so in four minutes, there's probably 200 people now standing out <laughs> on the sidewalk between us and the Dippin' Dots. And Janet comes out. And people see her and she sees people and oh. she starts looking. Well, her security guy's oh, no. 45 seconds behind her. Oh, no. So I, I leaned down, I help her out of the boat and she looks at me. She goes, get me out of here right now. Oh. And I look and she goes now. And she put her hands around my waist and I picked her up oh. and I walked her all the way to the back room, all the way back to where it got quiet. <laughs> Everybody followed us. And then she was kind of freaking. She's like, where's so-and-so his name and i said they're they're on their way they're, you're you're fine nobody can get back here you're okay and she's like oh my god and she starts apologizing you know for kind of panicking and such and so then they hung out for about an hour hour and a half in the backyard my my uh my wife had just left
1: oh no
2: 15 minutes before that oh, no. and this is no cell phone time so no, I yeah. can't call her and say turn around oh, no. but um, yeah we hung out for about an hour and we got photos and everything and at one point one of their entourage was like can we get going and she just looked at him and she's like we're not done here <laughs> and yeah we just hung out with her <laughs> later in the night we saw him on Chris the mid
1: Jackson if you please right. <laughs>
2: We saw them um, cutting through behind the uh, uh, food building behind the corn. So we snuck up and we're like, hey. And they're like, oh, old male guys. So we chatted a little bit more. And, and you know, so for like two or three years, I was like, you know, I'm friends with Jan Jackson. I'm friends with Jimmy Jan. Da, da, da. And my wife would be like, you don't. You're not. You don't know them. You don't know them. But we were at target downtown when it first opened that dual level one and Mm -hmm. we're walking and we hear this hey old mill man hey hey old mill man and i turn around and it's jimmy (laughs) jam and i looked at stephanie and i said who recognized who (laughs) right so you know we had a chat in in the in the target toiletries department and and then when we went to see Jimmy or Janet Jackson, we we bought some tickets. He happened to be two rows ahead of us. Oh my gosh! Oh. And so he was coming to his seat, and and he noticed Stephanie and I. And he waved. You know, we got hugs. And nice. he oh, you know, was so age. good to nice see you. Isn't he? Oh my God! Just just a gentle soul, and yeah, he he's super super cool. Wow. That super is cool.
0: incredible. What a story.
2: I know, right? <laughs> yes. I know. Wow. Yeah. He recognized me. That's awesome. <laughs> outstanding <laughs> oh my so the the fair is an interesting entity you know the all the buildings out there like we didn't own the land that we were on we mm-hmm. you know we you're basically renting the space you own the building in the old mill after being there for so long you know the minnesota historical society was interested but they couldn't make it historical monument because it doesn't sit on its own land
1: and that kind of stuff.
2: So, you know, there's some weird things and, you know, Mm -hmm. there's always the talk of, you know, you boys are going to do it. You know, you guys Mm -hmm. take it over. Well, when all my brothers moved away and it was just me and then I own a mental health agency and, you know, have uh, a lot of employees there, it it became tough and my, my Mm -hmm. son and my brother's son did a lot of the work. Um, But um, you know, they didn't have a Wayne, Mm -hmm. you know, they had a gym. And so I wasn't there all the time. And it just got to be a lot of work. And then with my dad getting up in age, you know, seeing them try to muscle through a fair was, you know, he just, his heart was there. But so we started talking about the transfer. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the fair also doesn't necessarily automatically allow you to transfer from one generation to another. right? Oh. And, and, and so, and, and that's happened with a couple different entities on the fair where parents just thought. Um, and the old mill had a lot of grandfather clauses. Um, let's just say that thing was not the safest, uh, as it should have been. So some, somewhere around 2016, give or take, um, when we really started talking about it, um, I had a, um, a the company who rebuilt the Iowa old mill yeah. after it got blown down by a storm, um, come up and, and kind of go through ours. And so they came up and, and looked at it and gave me an estimate and it was, um, a lot like <laughs> nine hundred thousand plus oh. give or take um, to bring it to where it would need to be because when it transferred ownership those grandfather clauses go away
0: right right and
2: so you know I I did the math and not only for financial but time and you know and I have a wife of 33 years and she has a say and she's been more than had been more than gracious for you know uh 30 years plus um out at the fair and and it just it just kind of kept coming back to it might be the end of our run Mm. so we went to the fair and had a meeting and you know just to kind of talk about it you know let's just see where everybody's at and they right away said well if if the keenans aren't going to run it we want it Mm. we want to do it we want to keep it going
0: we have two segments (laughs) okay The first segment is called Hallowed Tradition or Bizarre Ritual, inspired by an old state fair marketing campaign. So we ask all of our guests to tell us about one of their Hallowed Traditions or Bizarre Rituals, something you had to do every day at the fair or every year at the fair.
2: Um, so I'll do it in two segments. My Mm -hmm. working at the old mill traditions were, you know, how we started every morning. Um, and we would kind of do a quick inspection. My brother would be out on the floor. My other brother would be in the door. One of us would be at the button. And when grandkids came along, they got to hit the button. And then (laughs) later in life, we would find a little person out at the fence, like at nine oh, in the morning, oh. um, and let them come do the button. And, <laughs> and we would all yell clear, 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 and then hit the button. So that was just kind of a weird mm-hmm. tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, we also would all prior to doing that, um, uh, my mom would have all of our employees and us gather, and we would have, um, that fake champagne, you know, that yeah. fake grape juice stuff yeah. with a little cup and we would, um, say the Lord's prayer and, you know, just ask for safety and, and blessings. And, you know, we'd do a cheers and mm-hmm. that was that. So that was kind of the, that, and then, um,
1: that's really nice. Yeah. yeah, that's really yeah nice. And that was
2: my mom's deal, you know, every year and, and no matter how chaotic it is that five minutes before starting that ride on the very first day, um, my dad knew to calm down. We knew to calm down and Marna really needed and deserved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I got to go to the fair in 2018, um, as a fair goer and like walk past the stop sign and actually go <laughs> like around Danielson's
1: under-, yeah, Danielson's, Danielson's under rings, <laughs> I got to go
2: all the way around the corner. And, um, I think, I think my tradition is just to go to the fair,
1: mm.
2: you know, and, and to just enjoy it and, the way that everybody enjoyed it, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that's really cool.
0: Yeah. That must've been a totally new experience to go just it as It was a guest. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cause I
2: wasn't going to go like when we sold it, my wife's oh. like, you're still going to go. Right. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I can, mm. you know, that I, I don't know. Yeah. She's like, just, I went all those years for you <laughs> and did it your way. Yeah. Can you, know, you know, and it's like, you can't say no to that. So yeah, mm. we rode the bus down and um, I didn't cause we parked behind the old mill. So I have oh, never yeah. had to you know, walk for parking too much. Um so that that was cool to to see the fair as a fair goer.
0: Okay, the other segment is called "Stump the Info Booth I know, Lady." I know. So if you have a question that you think you can stump mm. us with,
2: okay, how long is the yield mill? How many feet is the tunnel?
0: Kathy, <sighs>
1: I read it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I.
2: Mm. 476.
1: I wish I would have said 500. I know. That's what oh. I thought. You'd have been right there. <laughs> wow.
2: 476. Yep.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It takes up pretty much the entire inside of that block.
0: Wow, because yeah. it meanders all. Yeah,
2: the when day. it goes way back to where the fresh French fries and old Care 11 was. Really? Yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much oh, for joining bet. us. This you has bet. been so it's much been fun. fun. Well, thank you. Yes. So many
2: good memories. So, yes. Yes. I'll drive home with a good smile on my face oh, for sure.
0: Good. <laughs> Cause we're the info booth
1: ladies. The info booth. Ladies, in sun or rain For all twelve days of the greatest get-together in Minnesota State The Info Booth, ladies The Info Booth, ladies For any question, when you need direction We'll get you on your way Cause we're here for that And there's probably a map for that Far better than an app for that
0: Say it with me You need Kristen And Kathy
1: yeah